Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, world. Hello, ladies. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, nomads. Hello, changemakers. It's another day to change the world. As always, today's episode is something new, something you know, disruptive. And I always like to challenge a lot of my listeners. I like to challenge you all, uh, period, to make sure you're thinking about new things and thinking about how those new things apply to you in today's global landscape. Now, if you've paid attention to anything in the finance world, you've heard a lot about cryptocurrency, you've heard a lot about blockchain. And I personally don't know a lot about it. And so when John's publicist pitched this idea to me, I jumped on it because I wanted to know exactly what all the rage and all the fuss is about. And so... John does just that. He breaks down what blockchain technology is. He breaks down what crypto is. And my hope is that as you listen to this episode, you're able to take notes and you're able to see if this is for you. And if this is for you, hopefully this extends a relationship with you and him. And then you can become the next blockchain millionaire. Nah, that's not what it's about. It's more about knowing how this applies to you. But for now, hope you enjoy the episode. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today's episode is with John Omar. John Bootstrap Companies writes about the processes, and right now, he's making money by trading cryptocurrency, as well as building a course about the community. He teaches people essentially how they can invest in cryptocurrency and then turn that uh, investment into wealth for themselves. I particularly love this interview because as I was telling John, I know nothing about cryptocurrency, but it is all that we've been hearing about for the last three to four months. And um, so I'm very, very curious about how we can really invest into cryptocurrency and uh, learn about it. Welcome to the show, John. Thanks for having me. The pleasure is mine. So how did you, before we go into crypto, how did you get started into entrepreneurship? What was the turning point in your life that made you decide this is my path? Right. So in college, I, I was not studying computer science. I was studying other things like philosophy, physics, and sciences, but not computer science. So I didn't know how to code. But 
I got an iPhone in my last year of college, so I think the iPhone had only been out for a year. And I thought, oh, I should learn how to make an iPhone app. And I just spent my last year of college not going to class and learning how to program iPhone apps because <laughs> I thought it was more fun than my classes. <laughs> so, so by the end, when I graduated, which I fortunately did manage to graduate, I knew how to code and I wanted to get a job as a software engineer. So I moved to New York City. I was living in Boston. I grew up in Boston. And in New York, I found a job at a startup company, Cameo, and we were building an app that allowed people to edit movies, to create and edit films from their phone. So it was a really great experience in learning how to become a better software engineer. And we were... We were totally like a three-person company and then a five-person company. It was a true startup, moving from office to office. And the whole time I was thinking, I would love to be the CEO of a company like this that is just really scrappy doing whatever it takes to get to the next step. So after, after about a year, a year and a half at that company, I decided to branch out and do my own thing. I started teaching people how to code online, and that was what my company was based on. It was, it was a company called Bitfountain, and we created online courses for people to learn how to code. And I ran that from 2012 to 2017, and we taught over 100,000 people how to code. And we grew the company to have, at the highest point, I think seven employees, totally bootstrapped. Wow. Wow. And that's something I wanted to talk to you about because I know that you did an interview on Mixergy. And yeah. You were ta- yeah. You were talking about how to build a profitable boot- bootstrap company. A lot of the listeners here are aspiring entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs, and sometimes they debate whether they, get, whether they should get funding or whether they should bootstrap the company. So can you share some principles that you learned from bootstrapping your your business? Yeah, so when I was working at that startup, I we had investors and the investors would pop into the office, they would they would be asking questions like how many hours are people working is getting to the next level that they wanted to get to. And I didn't like that because I wanted to really I wanted the business to follow my life principles. So I set up Bitfountain to to follow what I believed in. One, remote work. Nobody had to come to the office when we did have an office in New York. And eventually, we got rid of our office in New York and we were living in... I was in Germany, Berlin. Uh, someone was in Barcelona, another in Portland, Oregon, another in Australia, and one in New York. So we were totally distributed, even though we all started out in New York. And that was something that was really important to me to bootstrap. And one of the huge advantages to bootstrapping, when you have investors, it's a bit harder. No, it's a lot harder to make those kinds of decisions from one day being a New York-based company to the next day being totally distributed company. So... That's one reason that I like bootstrapping. And another reason is because it forces you to make really responsible financial decisions in the sense that your product, 
if you want to add something to the product, it really does have to drive more profit for the company or more revenue. And that makes you be, that forces you to be very introspective and say, what does this company really need to do next to get to the next level? Whereas in a venture capital backed company, you have so much money that you're sitting on that you can make a lot of mistakes and you can make so many mistakes that one day you have no more money left. For us, we're going for bootstrap companies. It's approaching it from the other way where if you make a mistake, you might not exist tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so interesting for me to hear because it is, I mean, I'm someone that's bootstrapped as well. And I remember a lot of times it becomes very easy to waste money if you don't know what you're doing because mm-hmm. uh, it's just because you don't know. <laughs> and I, I, I spent a lot of money wasting, uh, I spent a lot of time wasting money because I thought I needed to do that. And, and you know, I, <laughs> eventually I had an angel investor um, who helped out, but it wasn't, um, I, I didn't go into any of the funding or VC. Mm-hmm. So I've always, always admired people like yourself who were able to make it bootstrapped and figure that out uh at an early age, because it was something yeah. I had to learn by trial and error. Uh, and and yeah. we're good now, but I remember the part, early days. Part of, the prob- like, yeah, go ahead. part of the problem is the media. Like if you read TechCrunch, yes. all, all you hear is that people are raising money. And mm-hmm. that seems like a victory in itself, but that's not a victory. That's part of that's part of the journey, but mm. I don't think it should be so celebrated that a company managed to raise money. The The celebration should happen, like how the company benefited their customers. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Thanks for, for giving us that reminder. Now, let's talk about cryptocurrency. So I know it's been around for a while. I mean, there have been, you know, millionaire teenagers who invested when they were like 10 and now it's It's grown, but in the last few months, I feel like all I've heard is something about crypto, uh, every or blockchain. So, can you explain what blockchain is, what crypto is, you know, why it's really taking over, and just all that? Yeah. um, So, blockchain is is kind of a distributed database. It it's a database that sits on many people's computers and it helps that distributed database helps keep the transactions honest. So when a transaction between one person and another person happens, it's recorded on all the versions of this distributed database. So you can't really fake a transaction that's happened. And that solves a lot of problems that the banking system solves for us right now when i want to transfer you money i can go to bank of america and say transfer teo a thousand dollars and then you i have to trust that the bank will send that money to you and you have to trust that your bank actually has the money that they say that was sent it's a little bit hard to follow but (laughs) We, we rely on this middleman to, to handle this transaction and we trust the middleman that our money is actually there. Yeah. With the blockchain, we now have a distributed database where we don't need a middleman. I can send directly from my 
Bitcoin wallet to your Bitcoin wallet without any other middleman marking down the transaction in a ledger. I, I have the ledger that is on every single computer for everyone who's mining Bitcoin, and that keeps the transactions honest. And we really do know that your wallet holds the $1,000 worth of Bitcoin that I sent you. So that's kind of the core idea that it's this distributed ledger or database that allows people to have trustless transactions between each other. Wow. So you're saying it's safer? Is it safer than banks? In some... <laughs> that's a tough <laughs> question. <laughs> so it's it's safer in some ways. In other ways mostly from a user perspective is more dangerous. For example, my wallet address, if I lose the private key to access my wallet, I can never re-access that wallet again. So that the the Bitcoin that's in that wallet is gone forever. I will never be able to access it. There's no password reset. Yeah. <laughs> but with a bank, if you do lose your password to your online account or anything, you can go into the bank, prove your identity, and they'll somehow manage to reset it for you. Gotcha. And you'll get access again. Yeah. With Bitcoin, it's really, it's really up to you to keep your Bitcoin secure and make sure you are able to access it whenever you need it to. Yeah. And don't lose the... Both don't lose the hardware that the the Bitcoin is on and don't lose the um, access code to the Bitcoin wallet. Gotcha. So, yeah, so I, I'm sorry. I'm just asking this question because I'm completely ignorant of this. So blockchain, I'm on their website now, and they say they're on a mission to build a more open, accessible, and fair financial future. So mm -hmm. basically, which is what you were saying, you know, they're, they're like the world's leading software platform for digital assets. Yep. Now. You can do a lot of things on blockchain. Like, so you can trade, you can do transactions, you can send money, you can receive money. Is that correct? Yeah, you can do yeah. those things. And, and then, okay, so one of those type of currencies is Bitcoin. Right. Ah, okay. See, you see, I, I, you have to break it down for me, sir. So, so now Bitcoin, is that what the crypto is? Is that what you trade crypto and all that? Or is that a little different? Yeah. Okay. So. So right now, the blockchain technology, which is what Bitcoin is built on top of, yes. has opened up the door for people to create many different types of cryptocurrencies. There's a cryptocurrency called Ethereum. There's one called Monero. And there are about 200 of them now. So each of them has slightly different use cases, but they all rely on this idea of the blockchain. And... This, this distributed ledger that I was talking about before. And we can, I, I want to give you another example of how a distributed ledger can, can help people other than just sending money between each, each other like Bitcoin does. Imagine you're buying a house. Usually you have to go to a notary that, that signs a deed that gives you the house. And now that notary has created kind of the, the proof that Teo owns this house. Yes. Yeah. And you pay that notary a lot of money for, for that service. 
And then other parties have to trust that that notary wasn't corrupt and did its job. In a lot of countries, you have corrupt notaries that will sign, give, give property to people who didn't buy it. So, so we have to trust the notary. We have to pay the notary. In a distributed ledger, if the transaction, I pay X amount for this house and this house belongs to me, this distributed ledger can get rid of the notary. And we know for sure we can look at the blockchain and see Teo owns this house and he did pay this money. We can see the whole transaction happened. We don't need to pay a notary and we don't need to trust anybody. We see that it actually happened. So that's an example of another use case that the blockchain has opened up and yeah. we're seeing that happen. That makes sense. Medical same thing with versioned medical records, like changes to medical records. These things are starting to happen, and there's a cryptocurrency that that is kind of geared towards each purpose, and it's all built on blockchain. Now, what I'm doing on block on uh, with cryptocurrencies is I'm trading them like a stock trader. So Every day I look at the prices of these cryptocurrencies and I look at the charts. I buy the ones that I think are low and then I sell them a few hours later when the price has increased. And I, I analyze the charts using a lot of like technical analysis and strategies and patterns. And I make these small percentage wins day after day and they add up to quite a quite a good profit. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't need to focus on what the what the substance of each currency does. I just need to look at prices. Wow. Okay. So I like that you broke it down that way because you obviously I can see why you teach you teach this course because it's you break it down in such an easy to understand way. So um cryptocurrency there are lots of cryptos. Bitcoin's mm -hmm. one, Ethereum, Ethereum. <laughs> Ethereum. Ethereum is the other. Now, mm -hmm. someone's listening here saying, man, I love what John is saying. I want to get involved. What, what is the start? Um, and I'm, I'm asking this because I, I just found out that my 18-year-old brother, mm -hmm. he's invested in Bitcoin, in, in crypto. He just came up to me the other day because he was here in New York. I was like, oh, yeah. So I just took out his money and put it in there. And I was like, what the? How? He's like, yeah, yeah, it's this thing. And, I, and then I got your email uh, saying that, you, you know, you want to come on the show. So I was like, man, I really have to understand what this is because I feel like a lot of people, I'm 28, but a lot of people younger yeah. than me are even getting involved. And this is different from any like stocks or any of that. So I'm so curious about why this fascination and how come young people, even younger mm -hmm. than me, are so fascinated by it. How do they even know where to start? I didn't even know how to open an account so yeah. give me give me the 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 deets into, into all that because um i just think it's fascinating that we have um a very you know uh engaged youth in who is interested in uh, improving the wealth yeah i think that's interesting too that young people seem to be gravitating towards this faster than everyone else even though they have the least amount of disposable income so yeah. <laughs> that's um an older person can obvious can most of the time spend much more in exactly. a long term investment, but young people are like saving their lunch money to to buy Bitcoin. <laughs> it's and, true. Yeah. Um, 
I think the reason why young people are more interested right now than others is because they first they can quickly understand the technology a bit better a bit faster than someone who's in their 60s say because they grew up on the internet they this is not new to them that sure this is more advanced and deeper than previous um technologies but they are more prepared to enter it than other people second i think young people are used to the idea that they never see the money that they have and what i mean by that is a young person i for example i'm 29 oh, i just turned 30 last week so okay. so, two I, years, so I, you just turned happy belated birthday i'm a i'm 1989 sounds like you're 1988 so yep, i guess yeah so happy belated Thanks. <laughs> yeah, so um, I very few times in my life have had to hold the mon- the cash that I've earned. When I earn money, it's direct deposited into my bank account. When I spend the money, it's uh, debited into someone else's account. I am never holding cash. I never see it. I always have to just trust that it's on the internet somewhere or in some bank and that Everything's working out. And older people, on the other hand, are used to spending cash. When they got paid, they got paid with real money. And when they spent, when they spent it, they spent bills. Young people are used to the idea of something like Bitcoin, where they hold value, but there's nothing physical to hold. So I think young people can get that idea mm-hmm. faster and it's less scary to them. I've had other people always in my course, people in their 50s and 60s, ask me, but where is the Bitcoin? (laughs) 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 And I'm like, it's everywhere. But that's not a good answer for them. They want it like a gold bar in in a safe somewhere in some bank. They want to know that there's something there. Um. So that could be part of the reason why young people are just getting into this quickly. Another reason is probably because um, of the rags to riches stories that come out when, like you said earlier, these 18 year olds buying a cryptocurrency and being millionaires a year or two later, those stories actually happen. They're all over the news and every young person with a few thousand dollars wants to wants to try to make that happen too. They're much more open to risk than older people. They probably don't have children. Uh, so even if they do lose that few thousand dollars, it's not going to really destroy their family's lives. It's less responsibility means you can take more risk in life. So maybe that's another reason why young people are involved. As far as the first step to take once you want to do this, if you're in the U.S. or Europe or Australia, uh, you can easily sign up for an account on a website called coinbase.com. Coinbase is a really trustworthy um, U.S.-based, San Francisco-based company. They've been in this for a few years, and they make buying Bitcoin as easy as uh, buying something on Amazon, I would say. Hmm. So 
there's really no learning curve to buy your first Bitcoin if you want to do that. If you want to start trading like I do, then you need to get on a more sophisticated exchange that has all of the cryptocurrencies listed. Uh, Bitcoin, I mean, Coinbase only has uh, four cryptocurrencies available. But like I said, there are over 200 cryptocurrencies now. So you can go over to another exchange if you want to trade like I do, and you can buy and sell these cryptocurrencies and get charts showing you how the prices are moving and use indicators to understand the price movement. That is something you can do if you're interested. On the other hand, some people just want to buy Bitcoin and wait a few years to see what happens. If that's the case, they should just sign up for an account on Coinbase.com and they'll be up and running with their first Bitcoin in a few hours. Gotcha. Okay, so then, obviously, now this, much as is the case with any new thing, you hear a lot of criticism. Crypto and, you know, is one that hasn't really escaped this criticism. So I'm curious, what do you think about people saying this is a fad? This is not mm-hmm. something to invest all your eggs in? You know, I just hear so many different conversations. And it doesn't seem like there's a general consensus. You have people that are pro-crypto and you have people that are anti-crypto so how do you deal with the i guess criticism i think i think i have a pragmatic view on it if we go back to the internet bubble um the dot-com bubble head over to hulu this march where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Right. There were many companies that were absolute crap that were getting billions of dollars in investment money and they didn't really have a product to show for it. And I think a lot of people are are remembering this this time and they're seeing the same spending habits from investors now or worse. And I, I do think that that's valid. I think there are a lot of cryptocurrencies out there right now that won't exist in a few years. But on the other hand, just like the dot-com bubble, there are going to be the unicorns that come out of this alive and the companies that really pushed the world forward are going to come out of this and they're going to be worth um, multiple times more than they are now. So the criticism is valid that this probably is a bubble if you look at the whole space collectively. But 
On the other hand, we're going to have a consolidation time where a few of these really, really advanced technological improvements to the world are going to come out on the other end and people are going to appreciate them and they're going to exist for for the next hundred years or more whenever I mean forever long something this important is going to last it's some of these technologies are as important as the internet mm -hmm. ethereum ethereum for example is a foundational technology that lets people build on top of it like the internet does and we 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 can't just disregard crypto as a whole because there are a lot of scams out there and a lot of crap i think we have to we have to realize that yeah there are a lot of there is a lot of crap out there i'm totally in agreement with that and the crap is making people invest irrational amounts of money but once the dust settles, there are going to be companies that are running on blockchain technology and they're going to be, I mean, we're not going to be saying that's a fad. We don't say that the internet is a fad. Yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, is and is that what you teach in your course? You, your course is uh, chainoperator.com and, you, you know, you, you write about yeah. this. They can get weekly email about, I guess it's your profit and the trades you're making. But they also get yep. tips. But yeah, talk about what you what chain operator is. So chain operator is my my blog and my course course.chainoperator.com is my course and it's all about trading cryptocurrency. So I don't go into the technological details of what makes cryptocurrency cool. You can find a lot of great YouTube videos on that. And I do point to some resources for the people who sign up for my course on how they can go deep into understanding cryptocurrency. My course is really about how to make profit trading cryptocurrencies. So I trade Bitcoin and all the other cryptocurrencies. And I teach people the strategies and techniques that they need to learn so they can start investing and making profit like I have been making over the last year and a half. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's, that's fascinating. So last year and a half, <laughs> it's crazy yeah. to me because I, I mean, we knew when it first came out, I heard about Bitcoin, crypto, you know, yeah, I heard about it, but then I just sort of forgot about it. And then I only started really hearing about it in the last, like maybe four to six months, but you've been doing it for a year and a half. So, yeah. which is, which is crazy to me because there are a lot of people that had said the same thing. People that were involved are like, yeah, I knew about this for a while ago, you know, two years ago, whatever. So what was your journey into that? What made you say, I'm sticking with this because not a lot of people are talking about this, but I'm going to stick with this and I'm going to continue to make profit out of it. I actually have a pretty crazy story how I got started in crypto. So I, out of college, like I mentioned before, I was working at a startup company in New York and I was a broke post-grad, uh, college, post-college student, mm. fresh job, living in the most expensive city you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so I didn't have much extra cash, but I had heard about, uh, Bitcoin on Reddit. And a friend of mine had told me about Bitcoin the same day I read about it. 
So we were both kind of like Ayn Rand libertarian type people who like this idea of decentralized money with no regulation by government or banks. Mm. So it was like, oh, this is super cool. And it was worth like pennies at that time. Nobody really knew about it. It was totally like super geeky forums that were talking about it. So I bought $600 worth of Bitcoin. I think it was 2011. It was right at the be. It was not far after it started. And I bought $600 worth of Bitcoin, which was like three. It got me like 3000 Bitcoins. And um, I, I just wanted to have that. So a week later, I as a broke uh, young person living in New York has to do, I had to pay my rent and I didn't have enough money to pay my rent. So I sold all my Bitcoin for $550. Oh, wow. And that was a $50 loss on my investment. <laughs> and then uh, today, the, those Bitcoin that I owned would have been worth $16 million. John! Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is I'm, painful to hear. Yeah. So that was always in the back of my mind because even though Bitcoin only in the last year has gone up to prices like $10,000, $20,000 per Bitcoin, even over the past six years, seven years, Bitcoin has been worth hundreds of dollars, which would have still made my investment around a million dollars. And that's amazing for such a small investment. It was always in the back of my head that I sold these Bitcoins. And um, when my company, Bitfountain, when we were winding it down, ready to move on to the next thing, I was thinking about how I was going to make money in the future. Am I going to start a new company? Am I going to get a job? Um, what am I going to do next? I, I wasn't ready to start a new company because running Bitfountain took a toll on me. It was a five, six year major. It was the major part of my life for that time period. And I didn't want to build a team at that point. So I was thinking about applying for a job and I applied for one. And as I went through the interview process, it was a job in Silicon Valley as a software engineer. As I went through the interview process, it was becoming more and more real that I would lose the freedom that I got so used to running my own company. So I wouldn't be able to live wherever I wanted. I wouldn't be able to take naps every single day like I do. I wouldn't be able to take, I wouldn't be able to go to the beach on a Friday afternoon like I'm going to do today. <laughs> um, these are things that were becoming more and more real as I went through the interview process, even though the job was one of these Silicon Valley jobs, you know, super high salary, uh, free food, every single meal, shuttle buses, all this stuff, all the benefits that people, people say they love. I wasn't interested. And as I went through that interview process, I was like, damn, I'm actually going to give up what I really value in life, what I built my company around, my personal freedom. And I panicked. And I started thinking of a way that I 
I could earn money without um, without getting the job and without starting a new company. So I remembered cryptocurrency and how I lost out on all this money. And I knew that I followed it a little bit after that. Like I was always aware of what was going on. I was just not invested at all. And I, I decided, you know, I'm going to start trading cryptocurrency kind of like a stockbroker, stock, a stock trader trades on Wall Street. Because we have this decentralized technology, anyone with an internet connection can just get on an exchange and start buying and selling cryptocurrencies. So I set a goal for myself where if after one month of doing this, I could pay my rent with the profit that I earned, then I would see this as a viable way to make money and I wouldn't apply for any more jobs. I would just keep doing this. So... Fortunately, after that month, I earned enough money to pay my rent and I kept doing it. And now, 18 months later, I'm still doing it. That's, that's insane. That's quite the story. And kudos to you for even keeping up with that. I mean, the, that, hearing that that could have been 16 million, then 1 million, um, yeah. you know, <laughs> is, is something. But, you, you know, even though that that was the case, you've made some, a sizable profit since you've been doing this. A year yep. and a half. So, you know, I'm not going to say it's like the millions, but it's still a sizable profit, right? And it's something that you yeah. can live off of and you've built like an incredible following around that. So anyone listening, you know, the most, if, if this is something you're considering, you should definitely check out his courses. You said it's courses.chainoperator.com? It's course.chainoperator.com. Course. And chainoperator.com is the website where I write some articles and, uh, yeah. Definitely. I'll make sure I put that in the show notes. And cool. as, as we get to close here, first of all, I've got to thank you. Like, cause I knew nothing and Thanks. I know, I know a lot and I can see why you teach this, but this is, this is definitely something that um, a lot of people are talking about. So I appreciate you spending time with that. What, what is your, your end goal? What is your mission? What do you want your life, your legacy to be? I want to be the master of my own time. Mm. So what I mean by that is I don't want a life where I have to be in meetings all the time. I don't want to have to go to an office if I don't want to go there. I don't want to be beholden to any, any kind of responsibility that takes away from the things that I value, spending time with my family, friends, and living day to day like I want to live. So it's important to me to take a nap every day. It's important to me to on a Wednesday afternoon to maybe like take a trip to San Diego, whatever I want to do. I want to be able to t do that. And it's not related to being rich and making as much money as possible. It's about earning enough money to free up your time and not going to an office from nine to five or nine to six. It's not commuting to an office, not traveling as a consultant where you're away from your family for, for days at a time. These are things that I'm trying to avoid in my life. They're, they're so far away from what I value. Mm. So my end goal is to just make sure I can keep living like this. I don't need to make millions of dollars to do this. I just need to make enough where I don't have to get an office job. 
And maybe one day I'll start another startup and that would be fun. But I'm going to build that around my values too, just like I built Bitfountain around my values, which, you know, gave me the inspiration to keep living like I am today. So that's a big advantage of starting a company that's bootstrapped is you can really build it around your personal philosophy. I want to keep doing that. And crypto trading is a way for me to, for a couple hours a day while I'm sitting in my apartment, earn some money and then spend the rest of the time doing whatever I want, whether that's starting a new company or hanging out with my wife. Gotcha. Now, and does this go with your libertarian views? So uh, my libertarian views have evolved. I wouldn't call myself a libertarian anymore. Not anymore? <laughs> what changed? Yeah. I, I, I think the whole 2009 financial crisis and mm. the direction that the world is going in now, we might be... Co- in my opinion, we could be coming to a post-libertarian world where we we have the technology to to make sure that if if the right regulations are in place, to make sure that everyone is taken care of. And we could be getting to that point, but I think we need some kind of tiller to steer us there, and that might be regulation. So. Yeah, I'm no longer a a true libertarian. I have libertarian leanings, and I totally appreciate the philosophy, but I don't want to subscribe to any um, political leaning. I just want to be open to ideas that make make the U.S. and make the world a better place. I thought I was talking to Ron Paul there, but I I guess not. It's it's easy to be a libertarian when when you're young and... You just you're young and ambitious, and you think that that's the coolest thing ever. But once you start seeing the world traveling around the world, you see that that's probably not the best philosophy to make the U.S. a better place. Gotcha. And before we close, just so if anyone was weirded out by the last few minutes, what is a libertarian? Because <laughs> some people are like, I don't know what they're talking about. What? Yeah. What is a libertarian in your opinion? I think a libertarian just believes that there should be no regulation, no regulation for banks, no regulation for anything in the economy. And people should just move out of the way and let entrepreneurs create whatever they want with no holds bar, you know? And we're, we're seeing how that with Uber, for example, we (laughs) saw how that could go wrong. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And this whole sharing economy, it, it it has good aspects to it and i think that uber had the right idea but we need to investigate how it impacts societies and i don't think it should be banned but i think that it should be eased in and controlled better to make sure that communities aren't destroyed and that people are working towards their own personal goals not just the next um ride that's going to make them 10 10 bucks Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, uh, this has been a very, very interesting conversation. I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, it actually flew by quickly because you're such a good storyteller. Yeah. Uh, but before we go, I always ask my guests this. This is my mission statement. Uh, use your difference to make a difference. That's what I built my company on. That's what I, the podcast is based on. So 
How do you, John, use your difference to make a difference? I think that the difference that I want to make in in the world is getting the message across that people no longer have to subscribe to the idea that they need to go to college and get a job and work that job uh, 50 hours a week, the 40-hour work weeks now, 50-hour work week. So they, that is not the only option to live a comfortable life. You can do other things with the internet, with the cryptocurrencies, all of these technologies give us more options. And I don't think enough people are looking at them seriously. They see them as risky. And sure, some of them are risky, but you to to do to live how you want, you might have to take some risks to get there. And I think the platform that I'm building, I really want to instill that in people that there are other options out there. You don't have to work for a company that you don't believe in. Most people don't believe in the missions of their companies. That's sad that every day you go there just to get a paycheck and you spend your life there with people you don't choose to spend your life with and you become numb to it and think that that's just normal. But it's only, it's, it's, it doesn't have to be your normal. Your normal can be something else. And I think the way that I'm living is a model for that, that you don't have to, you don't have to live in this corporate world, there are other options. And whether it's trading cryptocurrency, which is how I'm making money now, or bootstrapping an internet startup, which is what I did before, I'm trying, I, I think that people can see these things that I'm doing and realize that they might want to do it too. And they definitely have the ability. I didn't have any advantages to do these things. I taught myself how to code and I supported myself the whole way through it. So everyone can do that. It's not, most people can do it. It's not, it's really a cultural barrier that prevents people from trying because they just don't think that it's possible, but it is. So I think my goal as I keep building chain operator and I build the next company is to keep showing people that there is another way. I love that. John, you're, a legend. Thank you for spending time <laughs> with us. Uh, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being authentic. I mean, you really just, you just honest with your responses. And um, I think that's very refreshing. So uh, where can we find you and how can people connect with you? You can find me uh, Twitter. I'm responsive. Uh, John Omar Kid is my Twitter. And um, my my website has an email form if you want to contact me by email. So that's chainoperator.com. Okay. Yeah, I, I love connecting with people on Twitter. And if you're in Los Angeles, you can hit me up. And um, yeah, so those are the ways you can connect with me. Awesome, sir. Well, thank you for being with us. Thank you for spending the last 40 minutes or so with us. I really appreciate it. And um, ladies and gentlemen, till next time. Use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com.
subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.